This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. A new five-part British series called Mind the Age Gap looks at what happens when 12 people between the ages of 19 and 83 live together under one roof for two weeks. So is there a huge generation gap between Zoomers and millennials? And can it be bridged? We are going to explore that when our sister station, Vision TV, airs that series. And um, this is what happens. Take a listen. Am I uncomfortable with homosexuality? The answer is yes. But am I uncomfortable with homosexuals? No. I like you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And this is this is All a right, ask a question. Why are you uncomfortable with homosexuality? Normals change dramatically. And I remember seeing the first couple of men walking along holding hands and kissing each other in Buckingham Palace Road. I can remember it as if it was yesterday. And I was appalled. And to be perfectly honest, I still find it very difficult. I'm uncomfortable with homosexuality. Why? Elaborate. Why then? That's what I'm asking you. It's not hard. I'm asking you a question. It's such a problem. Until 1969, it was an offence yeah, yeah. to I get have that. homosexual sex. I was quite happy with homosexuals before it was legal. Oh, me too. So was I. I was... OK. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And we are going to be shooting two editions of the Zoomer TV show as a follow-up because there are some issues that have been raised by them. I will be hosting an intergenerational panel. And, of course, I am on the Zoomer end of things, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Simcue, who is holding up the millennial end and intergenerational expert, David Kravitz, who will be on our panel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to you both. Happy to be here. So, um, Marissa, what do you see as the key issues? I mean, that series is British. I, I don't know if Zoomers feel the same way about um, gay people. I mean, maybe there's a thing, okay, we we accept it in theory, we don't really want to see it. I, yeah. I don't know. No, that was, and the clip that you just played, Libby, was one of the more uncomfortable moments in the show. And that you really start to see sort of the generational divide between the millennials on the show and Indeed, that was one of the octogenarians who was talking about his, he was speaking very honestly about how he feels. And I don't think he's, and I, and I, I tend to understand what he's trying to say, which is I'm not uncomfortable with homosexuals, but I'm uncomfortable with homosexuality. And that was provoked when he was asked uh, whether or not uh, if his son or daughter came to him and asked him, you know, if he would be comfortable, if he or she would be gay, he said, I would be uncomfortable with it. Would it be something that I have to get over? And in response, well, the millennial says, well, I hope that we can ultimately get to a point in society where no one ever has to come out. And that was a really fascinating point for me because I thought, well, if taken to an extreme, what does that look like? You know, there are still legitimately people that view, d- d- depending on uh, their religion, that view homosexuality as a sin. 
we tend to see that amongst sort of some of the older generations as opposed to the younger generations. So would it mean a society completely devoid of religion? Do we have to get rid of some of the older generations to get to that point? What would that really look like? I think, as you say, homosexuality was one of those issues that really showed that there was a clear divide among the generations. Well, I don't know if it's generational. I mean, when I think of my generation, I'm a baby boomer. Um, uh, I, You know, People among my friends, I would say, are not uncomfortable with homosexuality, but, uh, you know, I guess we're from a certain uh, psychographic or socioeconomic group, you know, well-educated professional people, David. I don't know. Is that the divide? Well, I think it's a fair comment. I don't know that it's only age-driven, but there is one kernel in this debate that is... I think, a little bit age-driven. It's not so much about homosexuality, but about whether you can separate an opinion and an action and whether the holding of the opinion is in itself offensive. So the boomers, as a generation, and I think if you look at homosexuality specifically, who passed all the laws, who legalized homosexuality, who were the legislators? It was the, the boomers. I agree with you completely on that, Libby. But the boomers are always able to... We're better able to separate an opinion. You may believe this. Abortion's another good example. But as long as you're not legislating it, as long as you're not acting on that private belief in a way that interferes with me, I'm cool with that. The millennials as a group are less tolerant of that. They want to go right back to the opinion itself and sort of expunge any contrary opinions. And I think that is the difference between the generations Well, today. and you know what? It, it, I find it um, with millennials, and maybe I'm prejudiced against millennials, that, that you know, they want to shut down debate. That, you know, yes. there's this whole thing about needing a, quote, safe space for your opinions, and they don't want to hear other views. Uh, that they find distasteful or or they disagree with and and frankly i find that disturbing it's like a little stalinist to me so well actually as a millennial i feel like i understand this generation implicitly though i don't necessarily identify with the millennial generation on this issue but you're right language uh, among millennials what we're seeing is it's been used as a as an act of violence people are uh, when their uh, uh, sensibilities are offended they want to shut it down uh, i won't name who or where this happened but i knew of a chase producer once that quit her job because she didn't want to chase someone from the alt-right movement because it was against her morals. I, I mean, and and if you ask a boomer that question, they'd say, well, that's millennials. That's their <laughs> reputation. Uh, and yeah. No, it's, it, it's true. Your, your point is true because, again, the boom, like take an easy example. So a boomer would say, okay, member of Parliament A is religious, goes to church on Sunday, that's his or her business. Member mm. B isn't, so on. There's a clear distinction between are you doing something which impinges on my yeah. rights or impinges on or do you hold an opinion? And the boomers are much less likely to chase down the opinion as long as the actions are benign. The millennials, you're quite right, are much more likely to go back to the opinion itself. And this whole politically correct school of thought, there's an accepted opinion. You must have that opinion. And if you don't have that opinion, we will do everything in our power to force you to have that opinion. That's a, that is a generational difference, very much so. You know, I don't think 
there for it's tale as old as time. Older generations have always looked at younger generations yeah. as being disrespectful, uh, perhaps somewhat lazy. But there's something different about the millennial generation uh, compared. To to previous younger generations. Of course, boomers now once were the younger generation that were told by their parents, you know, you're disrespectful, so on and so forth. But there's something different today. And David Kravitz and I were talking about it a little bit earlier, and I tend to agree uh, that for the longest time, the younger generations were always fighting for freedoms. They were fighting for more freedoms, freedom to drive, freedom to say what they want, freedom to do what they want. And today, the argument could be made that the millennials are asking for less freedoms. You know, uh, I'm offended with clapping. It, It provokes my anxiety. Therefore, let's use jazz hands, safe spaces, as you mentioned earlier on campus. So, I mean, that'll be something I think that I hope we get into the discussion. Well, yeah. And and I have to say, and again, you know, every time I have these thoughts, I think, oh, my God, am I just an old fart? <laughs> but, but um, you know, I think a lot of it might have something to do with the fact that our generation, boomer parents, are so permissive and so coddling and so helicoptering that that's the result of it. I mean, you know, we, we've also talked about the phenomenon of millennials not leaving home very early and Part of it is, why would they leave home? What do they have to leave home for? <laughs> I mean, I'm asking. When you have a school, which is true of an episode I read in the United States, that in their playground changed the game tug of war to tug of peace. <laughs> <laughs> they did. It sort of tells you. And, and I think, but you, you touch on a very good point because the boomers were always agitating. One could say more freedom, but you could also say more license. I want to go out, I want to drink, I want to have sex, I want to rebel against the Vietnam War, I want to push out, I want freedom to express outrageous things. I don't want to be protected. I don't need Play-Doh and puppy videos and blankies in a special room in case Ann Coulter comes to the campus. And and you're not trivializing this. I mean, that re- that legitimately is what happens happens on school campuses today. The, uh, people do need blankets and puppy dogs in order to deal with certain things that offend them. Well, and it's also this is this is my theory that our generation boomers um, we had to leave home to have sex. Uh, and now kids bring their boyfriends and girlfriends home. There's wine in the fridge and the laundry gets done. So I'm, l- why, would, why would they leave? I, I know people who actually <laughs> have had to go so far as to sell their houses for their children to move. I mean, really. Yeah, it's the highest. Uh, the baby boomers at that same age, Libby and you and I have talked yeah. about that, at that same age in the mid to late 20s, about less, just less than 15 percent were still living at home. And today it's well north of 30 percent of people, young adults at that same age are still living in their parents' home. So it's very much some of it's economic. Some yeah. of it's the price of housing, to be fair. But whether it's that plus the coddling has produced a very sort of tentative, fearful and, uh, generation. And, and uh, you know, some of them uh, don't understand, you know, uh, the rules about being out in the world because, you know, I, I say I've heard of cases where 
somebody will come in and ask for a raise because they want to move out of their house and and don't seem to be aware that that's not how you ask for a raise. I would just add that it really wasn't like that in my household. I didn't have a fridge full of wine available to me at all time, and I certainly didn't get to bring home, boys home at will. But um, I think there's something, too, to the point, you know, boomers were raised by a generation of people that grew up through the Depression, um, that understood that... And the war. And the war. And you look at millennials today, and I know I'm being disparaging of my own generation, but they just don't understand there's a level of ignorance on them. I, I see these millennials walking down the streets adorning a Che Guevara, Shea, Shea Guevara t-shirt with a hammer and sickle. Uh, over 40% of millennials identify as socialists but don't truly understand what that means. Um, and so it's because they didn't grow up with these major events, these Vietnam War, uh, they didn't go through the Soviet era. Um, and so I think that there is, and perhaps it's a, it's a statement on our education as well, but there is something yeah. to be said there. Okay, let's uh, let's take a few calls. We've got Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hello there. Thanks for taking the call. You're welcome. Uh, Go on. I, Go. I would definitely qualify myself as a Zoomer. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of the same thing. I had the same conversation with Americans yesterday. I was down there. It seems that the younger generation, millennials, as you call them, are entitled to their opinion, but they don't think anybody else's opinion counts, especially older people. I don't know. Am I wrong? Marissa, you're 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 here representing uh, talking about your generation. Yeah, I I agree. I think that among millennials, holding an opinion makes them feel unsafe. It's been shown, and then it lends itself to the following question, which is, how do you square that with interfaith dialogue? Why is it that we can't have an opus, open, honest conversation? It feels like 20 years ago, people were able to peacefully disagree, and today, uh, debate is shut down. I agree. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> uh, perhaps it's because we were. It's how we were raised. We are. One of the one of the octogenarians on the show defined millennials as entitled, narcissistic, and addicted to social media. I don't know about the narcissistic point, but I do think that there is a level of entitlement among millennials. That's for sure. Well, I'm just said. Are you still there? Yep. Um, it's. I don't know. I mean, I like that comment that I was raised by parents who who both fought in the Second World War. They came through the Depression, and I think they valued somebody else's opinions uh, more. I am i don't know. Uh, it's just weird that, you know, if I voice my opinion to, to younger people, they just say, oh, you're this old. Your opinion doesn't count anymore. Yeah, though I, I do remember a time when, when uh, our generation was younger. I'm not quite me because I'm bit younger than that where where i think the same thing happened you know that whole don't trust anybody over 30 right there but there's a difference to, to the caller's point there's a difference between saying i'm young and i'm cocky and i know it all and your opinion doesn't count which kind of goes back over time yeah. and saying i'm not going to allow you to express your opinion i'm going to fire you if you have this opinion i'm going to police that opinion and get rid of it from the marketplace of ideas completely. And that's kind of what we're seeing today, particularly in the uh, universities. And I think that's what is the difference. The young people rolling their eyes at the older people goes back. You know, yeah, time. forever. We, we, I we, think we, forever. We did, we did that's it. just ageist. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. did it, but, but we accepted that those other opinions had to be dealt with or at least had a life in the, in the marketplace. We didn't attempt to stop them 
from even existing. And I think that in many forums today, they are trying that. And I think it's, whether it's a measure of insecurity or ignorance or just this is how they feel they're fighting a crusade, uh, I don't know. But that's, that is a difference to what uh, uh, you're saying. Okay, Ron, thanks for your call. Well, thank you for taking it. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Jim in Hanover. Hi, Jim. Hi. Let me... Yeah, it was just uh, that one fellow that phoned in. He said he felt uncomfortable around the gays. Okay, that was from a that was from a TV show. It wasn't uh, a phoning in. Oh, well, anyway, but I'm kind of like that too, a little bit old-fashioned. But it did say in the Bible that man shall not sleep with man, woman shall not sleep with woman. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's in the Bible, I'm sorry. And, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there is quite a difference between us old folks and uh, the younger generation. We've been there, done that. They haven't been there and haven't done anything. Uh, okay, Mar- I, Marissa's champing at the bit. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating you bring that up. And in it, inevitably, there will be Christians that look at that and, and interpret it differently. Um, indeed, there are definitely a lot of Christ- self confessed professed christians that also identify as being gay um but you raise a good point and uh on the show just as you've done i think bob was speaking very honestly about his opinions i don't think a lot of people feel that way but um it 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 begs the question can we ever get to a point in society where um people can just respect one another's opinions so long as they're not trying to shut them down so in your case, Jim, are you okay with someone being gay? You just feel uncomfortable about it, but you're, would you ever do anything to, sh- to shut it down? Blind eye. <laughs> that's about it. No, I wouldn't do it. That's their lives. That's their choice. Yeah. If they don't infringe <clears throat> on my uh, values or tell me I should be or whatever, then fine, go ahead. Do it. But at one time it used to be kept a little bit more uh, concealed, you know, a little out of the public eye. Now, like you said... Walking down the street, holding hands, kissing, hugging, enough to make you want to thump them. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Especially if you had little kids with you. you well, know, what are they doing, Mommy? Well, you know what, little kids? I, I, I remember um, I, this was a long time ago because my niece and nephew are now well in, in, they're in their 20s. But when they were little, there was, I don't know, something came up about gays. And, and I, I looked at my brother like, you know, you have to explain this to them. It's like, Oh, they know all about it. Yeah, there's there's kind of no issue there, and they were really small. So, um, yeah, well, that... wind's done a lot of damage too in that area. Well, okay, Jim. Thanks for your call. Uh, let us go to Tony and Lindsay. Hi, Tony. Bonjour, ladies. How you doing? The band once called the Who wrote a song, "My Generation," which was a great hit back in the seventies, and, uh, and that's basically what it is. My generation, the generation I grew up with, what I like, I respect. I'll be honest with you, I would never. Playing, I'm Italian. You know, people say, "Well, you know, uh, and we're opinionated too much, and whatnot." We do. But I would never put my opinions on anybody else. Uh, in '75, I used to work for Vic Tannies, uh health clubs. Yeah. And majority of them had, and I get introduced to gay people, and I get introduced to a world that I love. I'm not gay. I'm straight as can be. I'm so macho. I shave in the dark, to be quite honest. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I get introduced to a bunch of people who are great people. You know, uh, so that's why I, you know, uh, I think people just when a guy said my opinion, my opinion, I don't, I never put my opinion on anybody else. I keep it to myself. And if I got something good to say, like my mom said, I'd say it. If I don't, I keep my mouth shut. Okay, well that sounds good, Tony. Thanks for your call. All right, take care now. Okay, Alex in Toronto. Hello, Alex. Hi. Good afternoon. If I could just 
touch on two points really quickly. The first one is universities. Nowadays, I mean, they, it's a misnomer. They call themselves social justice warriors. These young people are really just social justice stormtroopers. And uh, I've, I've been around campuses recently, and the amount of arrogance and self-righteousness I'm seeing there, it's not insecurity. Trust me. It's, it's, uh, it's beyond the pale. Just last week in Berkeley, and you can look this up, it was all yep. over social media, a group of students were after professors telling, calling them they're white supremacists, and they shouldn't have to, to write exams because the exams were designed by white people, so they should be, be given their degrees. And the other thing I wanted to touch on really quickly is the, the caller a little while ago who said he felt like thumping people who were gay. Um, I'm really glad that that attitude is going the way of the Goonie, and with all due respect to his religious beliefs, Someone who believes that God is a single parent who writes books is not someone I put a lot of credence into the opinions of. Well, yeah, um, you know, but people have faith. And uh, just uh, as an example, the current pope has sort of said, take it easy on all this uh, sexual moray stuff and, and, you know, maybe try to be a little more Christian about it. That's an excellent point. But people, you know, it's all these people who claim to be Christian or whatever— religion they claim to be um especially the christians though they act the most unchristlike. i think if christ was to come back tomorrow he would smack most of them upside the head and say what are you doing this isn't what i was all about that's very mm. judgmental <laughs> it is yes but this is a but this is in some ways if i can just interject on alex's point here a, a good example of the generational divide because we've had four or five opinions just recent just in the last few minutes all of them prefaced by saying i wouldn't even the guy that said you feel like thumping them said, no, he, I, I don't do it. Of course he wouldn't, yeah. Okay. So, the, But in the new world, particularly again, I mean, reinforcing what Alex is saying on campus, they would find out Jim, that caller, and they would get him fired oh, for yeah. having the opinion. Yes. So instead of it just being I'm uncomfortable with Jim's opinion, Alex weighs in with his opinion, the next guy weighs in with his opinion, and we – we give and take and we like it or don't like it. Now you can't have that opinion. There are consequences for having that opinion that I think do bespeak a generational difference because, as he says, stormtroopers, I mean, they want to get – they want these people to suffer from having the opinion. The boomers it's, as a generation said, let's see what you're doing with the opinion. Yep. Then I might fight yep. you. But holding the opinion wouldn't be – uh, as dire as it is today. Well, it's it's like um, 1984, George yeah. Orwell, thought thought police, like literally, though, uh, and we're running out of time here. Alex, thanks for your call. Um, you know, I kind of wonder, is it is it because there are limits to these things? Like, you don't want hate speech. You don't want that Nazi march. I think we could all agree on that. But is it just a matter of, of maybe younger people putting the goalposts closer? Well, I, I can offer an opinion. <laughs> I would love to see a world. I would just love to see a world where we can all just peacefully disagree about subjects rather than uh, uh, making it, allowing it to turn personal. Okay, uh, I want to have a, a, a call out here to our listeners because we are doing two 
TV shows, shooting two TV shows on this tomorrow. And as a special offer for our audience and our loyal listeners, come down and be part of the audience. The first show is being taped at 11. You should be here at 1030. If you, 70 Jefferson in Liberty Village, if you tell the desk that you're a, a fight back listener, you won't have to register or anything like that. The second show is being taped at 2, again, about half an hour. You can stay for both, get a tour in between, and there's a catered lunch after the second show. So um, you'll be hungry by then. (laughs) So come on down. I I think this was a really interesting conversation, and there will be more of this interesting conversation tomorrow. Uh, We're out of time. Thank you so much to Marissa Simkew, my co-host on The Zoomer, and David Kravitz, a panelist. And uh, again, come on down. It's going to be uh, two fun shows. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.